Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Hope for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now, you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Health for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Scaling Up a Business, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, Links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. B. Bocalandro is author of Do Good at Work, how Simple Acts of Social Purpose Drive Success and Well-Being, which was selected by three-time New York Times bestselling author Adam Grant as a top 30 new book. She's also president of VeraWorks, a global firm specializing in workplace purpose and faculty at Georgetown University and the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. B has 20 years of experience helping to make customer interactions more human, products more inclusive, operations more environmentally sustainable, and otherwise tilting everyday work toward a meaningful contribution. This do-good-at-work practice, termed job purposing, is a proven way to heighten workplace productivity, performance, satisfaction, and personal well-being. It also improves business performance. These clients include Aetna, Caesars Entertainment, Disney, Eventbrite, FedEx, HP, John Hancock, IBM, Levi's, PwC, Tom's Shoes, and Toyota. So, Beat, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm so glad to have you here because we're going to have a great discussion on how you could do good at work. Um, but before we get into the topic, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you even got into talking about this topic. Yeah, so for about 22 years, as you just read in my bio, I've been helping companies with 
their contribution to the world. And mm-hmm. basically, this is like if it's some, you know, the term corporate social responsibility means something to some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, philanthropy, charitable endeavors, but even more to the core of what is the contribution of the work and mm-hmm. um and so I, I i love what i do i love the people i work with and i one of the things that became clear in those 20 years of working with these brands that you mentioned is that you don't have to be a big brand to do this mm-hmm. you can you can actually work within a small department at that big brand, or you can be a, a solo entrepreneur, or you can, you know, y- you can, you can work at a small business mm-hmm. and also modify what it is that you do in a way that you're making a meaningful contribution to others or a societal cause. And that's why I wrote the book. The book is so that anybody in any job whether you run the company or whether you're you know you have very little authority and you're waving cars in into a parking lot for example you can end your work week saying hey i made a difference this week i mm-hmm. managed to you know brighten someone's day or you know maybe even save a life you know so right. uh yeah so that's 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 kind of a little bit about my journey on this And I think it's great that you mentioned too, that you don't have to work for a big company. I mean, we've heard about some big companies that do that. And some people might think, well, you know, it's just me or, you know, I have a small company. We can't make that big of an impact, but you can still affect other people. You don't have to think of it as affecting, you know, the global economy or anything either. You know, it could be you've made a difference in your neighbor's life or someone else around you even. So I think it's great that we're talking about that and realizing it doesn't have to be this grand scale. Yes, that that is such a powerful statement that you just made because it's true. So we mm-hmm. know this is true from research that we don't need to like we don't need to feel like we solved hunger mm-hmm. to feel worthwhile, mm-hmm. to feel worthy. In fact, they looked at studies that, for example, the difference of giving $5 away versus $20. And in terms of the the worth that it gives us, it's the same. Mm-hmm. So, and giving $5 away actually does boost our happiness and mm-hmm. gives us a bounce in our step and does all those things. And there's a reason why we're mm-hmm. wired this way. It's because that one person that you helped that one person that you lightened their load that day Mm -hmm. that's meaningful to them and we've all been on the receiving end we've we've all like been at, at that point where we're having like a terrible day and there's that one person who does one small thing who could that could have taken just a few seconds and our day turns around and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be all right. Your stress drops you. So we know from being on the receiving end that very small acts make a big difference in a, a difference mm-hmm. in other people's lives. But when we go to do them, we, we question them and we're like, is this really going to make a difference? There's a, there's a, a, a book very related to mine out that um, called Compassionomics. 
Mm. And it's a fantastic book. And one of the findings that they, um, they, they studied these small positive interactions and it takes less than a minute, like so only seconds of someone's time and to be kind to someone else to make a difference in that other person's life. So they've mm-hmm. actually, they've actually researched and measured that there truly is an uptick in well-being in the that person that's receiving that that small act. So right. yes, so whether you you know the only thing you can do is be more kind to customers or you know maybe the the one thing you can do is buy sustainable supplies and mm-hmm. maybe not even that many supplies because you don't your budget isn't that big but you're just buying you know paper products or something those small acts make a difference mm-hmm. that's so true so how did you then get the inspiration to even write the book do good at work yeah i mean the inspiration was really so i i'm you know i'm in these big brands, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm working with the people who have as part of their job title, the purpose of that company or the the positive contribution they're going to make to society. So for example, uh, with Eventbrite, you know, one of my clients, Mm -hmm. they are, they're, they're wanting to make a big difference on the issue of social isolation out there. Mm -hmm. And it makes it make sense for them because they're all about bringing people together for live events. And right. so, so I help with that, you know, you know, the formal programs and it's, it's fantastic what, what a lot of these companies are doing. But what I realized was there are, there are people that don't work at these brands that are moving towards making a, a meaningful contribution out there. And maybe they don't, they don't have the opportunity to, move to another brand. Although, you know, some of the research that I've done uh, with Earthshare, for example, finds that at any given point, a third of employees of uh, Fortune 1000 employees are actually actively looking for another job because Hmm. their firm doesn't do this, because their firm doesn't contribute to others or to society in a meaningful way. So, but still, it's hard to move from job to job. So this is for so that people don't feel trapped in a, a workplace existence that is essentially not very fulfilling or meaningful. And mm-hmm. so the book is for anybody to, you know, anybody can pick it up and 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 get ideas. And you know, there's over a hundred examples in in here of people in all types of jobs, everything from driving a FedEx truck to, um, you know, to being an administrative assistant at a, at a mm-hmm. bank that have made their work meaningful. And I found them because I was in these big companies and I noticed that a lot of people just kind of did this on their own. And mm-hmm. this practice of modifying your job or kind of expanding what your job is about or doing it in a different way so that it makes a meaningful contribution is 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 something that i've termed job purposing so it mm-hmm. turns out that a lot of people are already job purposing even if the majority of us are not we can right. learn from them and 
they are much happier and they are much more motivated. And by the way, they're 40% more likely to get a promotion and 10% more likely to get a raise. So this is actually good for your career as well. Right. Well, and I know we're talking about not just in, like I said, the big companies, but even an entrepreneur who might be a solopreneur on their own as well. So I know you're, you've said that entrepreneurs who do these simple acts of social purpose as part of their work drive their own success. So can you explain how that would work? Yeah. So let's say there's two entrepreneurs, right? And uh, they're both, let's say they're both coffee shops and we give one of them this magic pill and the magic pill allows them to produce 25% more, enter into flow easier, be less stressed. So literally the cortisol in their system goes down when they take this one pill, like that, that's the stress hormone. And not mm-hmm. only that, the happy hormones, which are oxytocin, mm-hmm. serotonin, and dopamine go up. So they have this bounce in their step. They're, um, they're happier and they're, they're um they're also more productive as i mentioned so that obviously that entrepreneur is going to be able to do much better right mm-hmm. their 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 business is going to go better um that pill is actually job purposing mm-hmm. and the way many you know the way some entrepreneurs have done it is so for example if it's the coffee shop the reason i thought of that one is that there is a coffee shop that uh, this is such a simple thing, but it totally works for them. So they have a drive-through, and they said, "Hey, you know, we really—they they were really concerned about the environment." Mm. And so they thought, "What if any time a car pulls up and then they they turn off the engine so that they're not idling, or that it's an electric vehicle? I think even hybrids count for them because it, they automatically idle. Uh, we we just give them a discount. We're like." thank you for caring for the environment. Here's your 15% discount. That's Mm -hmm. such a small thing. And this is an independent coffee shop that decided to do this. And, you know, they're actually building, they're they're building like a memorable experience because Mm -hmm. the person who walks out with their, you know, with their frappuccino or whatever they, they got, they're like, wow, I just got patted on the back for a behavior, which is always a great thing to get recognition. And I got a discount, you know, I'm going to come back to to this coffee shop. So that's an example of something small. Uh, Or let's say that you, I guess I must be (laughs) thirsty because my next example is like, that that I just thought of was, uh, let's say that you, 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 you have a, a, a winery and you're selling wine. So this one business, like, you know, starting a business is tough. All your, mm-hmm. your, your, I don't need to say that to your listeners. They know that, uh, finding money for marketing is very tough, especially mm-hmm. early on. So they thought, well, we don't have a marketing budget, but what if any, like any nonprofit out there that is having an event, it's like, we will invite them to on our web page to say, Hey, we have an event. Can you donate your wine? And so this is how they spent their evenings was going to these banquets that were raising money to end hunger, to Mm -hmm. help the homeless, to, you know, all these amazing causes. And they said that it was like the most uplifting thing. And Mm -hmm. so now their wine is there, you know, next to the big, uh, actually not next to, because they're not there. The, 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 
big guys, you know, the Gallo or whatever with the big brands and the marketing. Now it's only their wine. And who's at these events? These are the board members. These are the donors. So, uh, yeah, so this company did really well and then got bought out by one of the big guys and mm. uh, for a lot of money. So, um, so that's another kind of approach to being an entrepreneur and finding a way to do good. And that one's a really clever one because, again, it, it kind of helped move the business forward in terms of getting the product in front of people that would then purchase it and mm -hmm and uh, yep. become consumers. That's fabulous. My daughter actually had an experience similar to that. She actually had gone to Taiwan one summer uh, to do an internship for her college program. She was majoring actually in transformational community development. And for her degree, she had to do another trip. She'd done many, you know, over yeah. for many years, but for college, she had to specifically do one for school. And she ended up helping at, it basically was a, actually a church that had started a coffee shop. And the goal of the coffee shop was to use the money that they raised from the coffee shop to do different things for community outreach. And what they did was have classes to teach English to those who couldn't afford to pay, you know, for classes on their own, or they allowed artists to put their work up in their coffee shop so they could try to sell it. And they just did a lot of different things. And she loved the community that she yeah. experienced there and, you know, building the relationships. And so she decided to do a two year stint back in Taiwan after she graduated. She had one more semester of college and then went for two years back and was helping there because she loved it so much. So I, yeah. I have a personal example of seeing, you know, the impact that that could have on somebody, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's so the her experience again is totally backed by research like her affinity for that is uh, is is really the way everybody reacts to that we mm -hmm. don't know this consciously it's all subconscious and in fact to the point well your daughter might because she sounds pretty enlightened but <laughs> most people uh don't even notice that they're getting a bounce in their step from that mm -hmm. one kind thing that they did actually like we because mm -hmm. we've been so taught the opposite and, and this is kind of a, a a longer conversation but most of our systems like we starting in first grade we get a personal grade for our personal effort and it's our personal pride mm -hmm. and um and that is actually kind of contrary to the way we're wired we're more wired we're, we're more motivated to actually do something that benefits a group that's larger than us. So mm. even if it's a team project, we actually, we work harder on teams and we work for our own personal grade. And, you know, and then it gets worse. Cause like even, you know, when you grow up and then you get your, your annual performance evaluation, that's also very like, it's all about you. And then your, your bonus is about you get your bonus for, you know, for you and your spouse and your 2.4 children. And all of that is not very motivating, mm -hmm. oddly enough. I mean, not oddly enough, but surprisingly enough to most of us, we, because when we were like, when we were in the African Savannah, we didn't bring down the woolly mammoth to like mm -hmm. bring our little piece home for our little icebox. It was it was to have the tribal feast for everyone. Like it was right. So we're, we're actually hardwired 
to work for something bigger than ourselves and our nuclear families. Mm -hmm. And so her affinity to go back there makes a ton of sense because, um, because we we're all actually wired that way, whether we know it or not. Actually, there's mm -hmm. one exception. If if you're an extreme sociopath, you you're uh -huh. not. But right. that only proves the point that what's normal, <laughs> what you know is is being motivated by contribution. And I love the example of sharing the the space. That's so smart, right? Mm -hmm. Most a lot of businesses, you know, and and you know they're beginning to reopen the brick and mortar mortars and all of that have space. Mm -hmm. And why not use wall space to help the local artists? There's right. one of my favorite examples. Uh, it's in the book, but it's a it's a car. It's an independent car parts company, and uh, actually, it's not independent, but they're a franchise, and so they have a parking lot. Mm -hmm. And they thought, and it's a, it's a it's at a busy intersection, and they thought, well, our parking lot does not fill up. Like it just never really fills up. So why don't we offer, you know, this one corner, the most visible corner actually, to nonprofits that want to raise funds with a car wash. Oh, and nice. so it's kind of on theme, you know, you take care of right? your car and then every <laughs> Saturday they have a different nonprofit there. Sometimes it's for like uniforms for the little league. And then other times it's, you know, it's, it's for some other cause, but that that doesn't cost them anything and then the employees love it because they you know they'll come out and help and then of course they get foot traffic because my right. car's washed but you know i don't know what's going on with this tail light let me walk in and see if i can so they they sell more so so that's a great technique is to just do you have space that you could repurpose mm -hmm. in a way that helps a societal cause out there nice so we're kind of talking about, you know, on the business side of things too, you know, whether it's a big company or a solopreneur even, but what about someone who doesn't even run a business? So can they also do good at work? Yes. Uh, and there's lots of people already <laughs> doing it. And this was actually like, what of my, what, one of the funnest parts about writing this book was discovering these people. Mm. So for example, there's a woman in the book, uh, Tina, and uh, she she introduced herself as TP Tina because oh, she nice. said that in 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 the office she is known as TP Tina because she's she's an administrative assistant doesn't have a ton of authority doesn't have a huge budget, but she noticed that the janitorial staff were changing the rolls of toilet paper when they were half. Uh, hmm. you know, only half used because you don't want, you know, to run out in the middle of the, right. the work day, right? I mean, it makes sense to do that. But she was like, wait, this is going into landfill. That's ridiculous, you know? So she just told them, hey, um, instead of throwing that out, just leave them by my cubicle. And then once a week, she stops at a homeless shelter. She drops them off. So now the homeless shelter said because they don't have to buy as much toilet paper, they can now do an ice cream social for the for their residents. The janitorial staff is actually really grateful to her. They're the ones who named her TP Tina because <laughs> they're like, it actually felt bad to do this. Mm -hmm. So now they know like their job has been job purposed, right? They're like, wow, we're, we're keeping things out of landfill. We're helping with the homeless. And then of course she's reducing. 
solid waste as well. Right. And but she has she has like very little authority. And the fascinating thing is, I met her at a conference. And her employer paid for her to go to the conference because she um, she brought like so much energy and um, like um, positivity into the culture with what she was doing. And she saw this conference that was essentially on corporate social responsibility. I was giving a keynote there. So she came to the conference and I said, did you have to take vacation time to come here? Because it's not like that's her, you know, she right. has corporate social responsibility vice president or something like right. that on, you know, on her business card. She probably doesn't even have business cards. And she's like, no, uh, she's, it's in Seattle where this conference was. She said, no, I, uh, I, you know, our offices aren't far from here. I saw that this conference was here and I asked if, you know, they would pay for me to go and, you know, I don't have to take vacation time to come. And they were like, if you can learn to do this again in some other way, um, all the better. So they sent her to the conference because her manager smartly realized that this was a really good energy to have in the office. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, I mean, because like you said, it's going to bring more joy to those around as well too, even if she's the only one that's kind of putting these things together, it's going to spread out to the others that see what she's doing. Yep. Yeah, and it, it actually already had. So they started, she started that and then other employees got inspired, which that has also been documented. Uh, Jonathan mm -hmm. Haidt, a, a, a psychologist, a research psychologist, calls it elevation. So when Tina does this, those around uh, go, we actually feel like warm in the chest and like, lumpy in the throat and you know it's like oh the you know a little goose bubbly like all these positive things mm -hmm. and and then we're more likely to want to do something so in 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 the case of that office they started a green team and then they started looking at some other things so it does tend to spread mm -hmm. uh, but it takes a little bit of courage to to do this as well you know right. and she she you know she stepped out uh, of her comfort zone to like ask the janitorial staff to do this and you know, there was these translucent bags with toilet paper by her cubicle <laughs> for days at a time. But um, and and sometimes we hesitate to take that risk. But for your listeners, what I will say is like, if if you don't have a ton of authority and you, you have an idea, um, what I can say is that almost like actually I've never heard of a case like Tina where people got in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of supervisors being a little indifferent like yeah whatever if it, if you want to go ahead but really never anybody getting in trouble so uh it's okay to take a risk and then you can always ask ahead of time too if right. you feel really hesitant to um you know start something right well as business owners sometimes we're under you know a lot of stress deadlines trying to get things done so is adding this into kind of what we want to do at work, just adding more stress or do you see something else happening when they're doing this? Yeah, that's I, right. I mean, that's such a, uh, an insightful question because it's like, wait, aren't we already overburdened? Now we have to worry about, you know, the homeless and it's, it's a natural thought and a natural question, but, and we think, well, we, 
we already are so close, many of us are so close or at burnout, you know, given the year that we have had. And it's like, please don't make me handle one more thing mm -hmm. um, or worry about one more group or one more cause out there. But it turns out that that response is inaccurate. So mm -hmm. there is a such thing as um, compassion fatigue, which is mm -hmm. burnout that comes from the you know, the suffering of others mm. that does exist. But what's interesting is that it's not the exposure to the suffering of others. So, you know, to those individuals that are homeless that causes compassion fatigue. It's actually feeling like feeling impotent. So feeling mm. like wow, there's something not quite right in the world and I can't do anything about it or I'm not doing anything about it. That's what's more likely to cause compassion fatigue. So hmm. they looked at doctors, for example, and doctors, when they experienced compassion fatigue, it was because the, the bureaucratic requirements of doing a doctor were preventing them from spending more time with the patients. And when they got rid of those, of those forms that they had to fill out or meetings that they had to go to, and they could spend more time with the patient and take better care of the patient, they were, you know, they were literally facing the suffering more minutes, more time, but their burnout went down. Hmm. So, so if anything, job purposing protects us from burnout more than it puts us at risk of it. Interesting. Well, I know a lot of businesses have been impacted, of course, with the pandemic and, you know, a lot of them have, you know, had some serious issues and financial issues and just trying to stay open. So how has that actually affected how businesses are able to still do good at work? Yeah, so I think that there's there have been so many responses to the economic crisis that has hit small businesses so hard. And I find, and I think the research would will, will eventually back me up, I don't think it exists yet, but that the business owners that looked at the crisis as uh how, how do i you know how do i survive this mm -hmm. are less likely to have survived it mm -hmm. or to be surviving it than those that looked at the crisis and said how are my customers doing how right. are my team members doing how are my neighbors doing and is there a way that I can stay afloat so that I can serve them? Mm -hmm. And so, for example, uh, gravity payments, right? So they're a B2B business. They do credit card processing. So Dan Price, the CEO there, uh, they, they lost, I mean, it was, they lost like 60% of revenue overnight, like a, a, a lot of businesses and they, they themselves are a small business. Uh, and most of their clients were small business clients. So they were going under and they, they, they took the attitude. It's like really what some of their competitors were doing was like, well, we're going under, so we're gonna, we're gonna raise fees. And, mm -hmm. and they were like, 
this is not the time to raise fees because our customers are really suffering. So if anything, they were more flexible, they were more helpful, they were they tried to do everything possible to have their own customers make it through. Mm-hmm. And that has helped them make it through, you know, just record-breaking, devastating declines in revenue. Uh, probably more than if they had said, okay, you know, where can we take from in order for our ship to not, you know, not sink here. And, and so, and, you know, I see, I, I even see this in my town in San Clemente, like the small businesses that said, well, this is an opportunity to then we can't serve food uh, you know, we, we can't serve food right now in our in, on our premises, but we can take food to healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that it's been a year of that, and and some of them, some of these businesses have been doing that, and then they extended it beyond healthcare workers to you know the children who were being schooled at home and used to get meals mm-hmm. at school and now don't get them, so they they you know they take meals there, and you know, things are looking up now and it certainly seems like there's a lot of talk about those businesses, the the ones who were doing that all along, you know, mm-hmm. they're the ones that, that you, you hear the name of those, those cafes, like roll off people's tons more. And so right. I think they're just much more likely to be here in a year mm-hmm. because of that. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, yes, like I understand the concept, I want to make a difference, you know, how would they start with doing good at work? Yes. Uh, So one thing to realize is that we're not used to thinking in this way and it's not, it's not our fault. (laughs) Blame it on society. (laughs) We've been taught like, you know, here are the things for a business. Like, look at the bottom line. What's your profitability? What's your EBITDA? You know, all these, and uh, and we don't show up, uh, you know, on our spreadsheets or on our webinars or you know across the counter from people, thinking like, how can I contribute? How can I contribute? That's that's been kind of <laughs> uh, like squashed down by all these mm-hmm. other sort of business considerations. So there is a mindset shift that needs to happen. And once you make that mindset shift and you start seeing the opportunities to contribute, most of which are probably going to cost you like nothing or very Mm. little, right? So, uh, you know, kind of like the Tina example, like that, you know, it 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 takes her another twenty minutes to get home one day a week. That's all mm-hmm. that that's all that she's give she's she's giving up. So, um, so what I suggest is deliberately spending some time every week, just exploring and thinking about what you were what you were just doing and is there a way to do it in a way that is more kind or more charitable or more environmentally sustainable or more inclusive like if you run a meeting every week are you noticing that the women and minorities speak less because if so all you have to do is just 
invite them to speak earlier and like right there you are now helping with a societal injustice out there mm -hmm. so, so um and so what i suggest is actually it's even better if you do it every day for like 21 days you just set an alarm at a random time every day and when it goes off um this is assuming you can like take like 10 minutes off whatever you're doing if you can't then do this at a, after work when you can but think back to the the work day and then just ask yourself that question you know whatever this interrupted is there a way to do this in a way that makes a meaningful contribution and then um if that doesn't yield any ideas and it won't at the beginning probably think to a second question which is who is the last person i interacted with how are they doing? Do I even know? And that might just trigger some ideas. And it's like, oh my God, now that I think about it, they were really quiet. Maybe I should check in with them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, come to think of it, I forgot to ask them how, you know, taking their their 82-year-old father to the vaccination site went yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so... Like, is there something that I could do for that person? And maybe I should, or maybe I, I should offer to uh, send them, you know, maybe they have a two-year-old and I should offer to send them my car seat, which I'm no longer using. Like, as soon as we start asking those two questions, can I do what I was doing in a way that makes a contribution, just kind of tilt it like the way Tina did or the way the coffee shop did? Or who is the last person I interacted with and is there a way I can contribute to them? After a few days of doing this, then your 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 mindset will start shifting more. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to lose all that other stuff about, you know, profitability and the numbers and, you know, marketing and branding and all that stuff, which is hugely important. But you're now going to enrich it with this thread of contribution as well. Mm -hmm. So do you think then that this is going to start making an impact, you know, on the future that you'll see more and more businesses doing this and having, you know, this good at work concept. You know, it was already happening before COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, I think there's this awakening and yeah, I think millennials for this because millennials, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what we're, we're, we're all wired like millennials, in, 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 in the regard that I'm about to talk about, which is that we all want meaningful work. Mm -hmm. like, but what I love about millennials is that they're not really willing to compromise. So they entered the workforce going, why don't I have the opportunity to, you know, make this entire project environmentally sustainable? And why mm -hmm. aren't we hiring from, you know, black owned businesses? And why aren't we? So th that force has been going on for a while mm -hmm. already. And then COVID hit. And then I think a lot of people who were kind of slumbering through their, their work, like, not slumber, like sleepwalking through their work week, like, just automatically going from their to-do list item one to two to three to the like all of a sudden we're like whoa is this all there is mm -hmm. uh you know like xers and baby boomers and you know and and so then that energy is now out there in the world where mm -hmm. people are rethinking 
okay, I've been an engineer for 15 years and I don't know that, you know, selling this widget uh, that works a little bit faster than it did last year is really doing it for me. Mm-hmm. So that energy is there in there now. So I, I mean, I, I, I see this just bubbling up of this eagerness to bring mm-hmm. meaning into the work week that mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's only getting, you know, the bubbles are only getting bigger. Right. <laughs> and there's more of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that's true too, because when we've been at work, you know, like I said, I'm a little bit older too. And even the generation above me, I mean, we were just so used to, you go to work and you do the things that you're supposed to do. And then everything you did, you know, was outside of work on your weekends or nights or something when you were volunteering or, you know, doing those things that were good. And you didn't always think about being able to do it through work. And like you said, that millennial generation was the one that really came in and wanted to make a difference through everything that they do, not just on nights or weekends or things. So that's when we really started seeing that impact first starting. So I think it definitely has flown through into companies now where, you know, more and more people are seeing, yes, we have the opportunity to do it through work. So I think, you know, it's been great to see that happening. And uh, I know this has been a great uh, conversation we've started. I know we're going to be running out of time soon. So I'm sure you have an offer that you would want to share with the listeners. So what would that be? Yes. So, uh, so to your listeners, uh, if you're, if, if you're interested in the book, I mean, you can go to dogoodatwork.com and you can learn more about me and the book. So if, if you buy the book, first of all, may it bring you joy and inspiration. Um, it has for some people I know already, but uh, I hope it does that for you. But uh, if you buy the book, then go back to dogoodatwork.com, use the contact page, and let us know that you're a listener here, because actually you guys are the only ones that, that are being told this as of now. So that you're a listener here and that you bought the book. And I'm going to send you three options, three gifts options for you to choose from. Mm-hmm. So I'll just, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what they are now, but I'll <laughs> tell you then. Um, and I'll just say that the book has hand-drawn drawings from me and mm. the <laughs> people go wild over this one character. So uh, they like him so much that I, uh, I, I, they were like, we need swag with this cartoon and this quote. And and so uh, there is a product, swag, that has this hand-drawn cartoon with this very inspiring quote. But of course, if you haven't read the book, none of this makes sense. But as soon as you have the book in your hands, you're going to go like, oh, what B said made sense. I think <laughs> I want this. So just go back to the contact page. Let us know that you bought the book. And then we'll tell you what the three options are. And we'll put it in the mail to you. Perfect. And obviously you gave like the one website, but if listeners want to reach out and connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, Yeah, I probably the best way is still dogoodatwork.com, but I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, I'm a little less active on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. If, you know, people are into social media, that works as well. And you can just find me 
be Boca Landros. Usually something close brings it up. So um, it's the same. Well, if you want to spell it, just so if anyone wants to, you know, type it in, go ahead and give that for you. Okay. Yeah. So B is B-E-A. And then Boca Landro is B as in boy, O-C-C-A-L-A-N, D as in David, R-O. And then, of course, it's always, if you do good at work.com, I think, we probably all know how to spell that. All those words yeah. are easy. So exactly. if that helps. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, B, so much for being a guest on my show. I really appreciate the conversation we had. This was a great topic. Yeah, thank you, Candy. Yeah, I, I love talking to you. And, uh, you know, just I think we should all kind of feel fortunate that mm -hmm. if our job doesn't improve the world, you know, it turns out that there are ways for us to improve our job so mm -hmm. that it does. So thank That's you. Great insight. <laughs> so thanks again. I really appreciate the time that you shared with me and the listeners too. And I do want to thank the listeners for actually tuning in as well today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions on how you can actually do good at work. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to B at the uh, link that she shared for her website or again through LinkedIn. Or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, the five systems you need to implement for your business. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can also find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.